Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Hey, yeah, I'm your host, Simon, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before we jump into today's interview, I want to quick shout out to our sponsor, OscarHamilton.com does all of our production and editing work for this podcast. So if you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting one, check out OscarHamilton.com. Now let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Todd Mason. Todd, welcome. I'm glad to be here today. Todd is a digital media executive, advisor, and an entrepreneur. He's the CEO of Broadcast Management Group, which is a full-service television production company. Some of the clients include Amazon, BuzzFeed, Twitter, Yahoo, Weather Channel, and many, many others. Um, So, Todd, tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks from that intro. Well, I've uh, grown up in the television industry. It's something that I... I uh, was exposed to at a very early age and uh, recognized early that I had a passion for it. Um, I was really fortunate that um, through a series of odd events, it, I ended up doing it as a career. I actually was freelancing in production while I was in college and uh, studying studying business administration and thought I wanted to get into international business, which I was I'm also interested in. But um for some reason, it never it never occurred to me that I could actually have a career in television, actually make a living at it. And uh, well, that happened one day, and you know, the rest is history. So you got started really early on. You were just 15 years old, and you volunteered as a cameraman in your local Baptist church. Well, um, I grew up in an Episcopal church, and my family changed to this uh, Baptist church that was on television. And I remember distinctly the first. Uh, Sunday we were there, um, you know, that they were on television. I didn't know that when I walked in, and I was really enamored with uh, with all of the lights and cameras and action and um, got very interested in it. And then, you know, in a Baptist church, you know, the ministers just wear normal suits. So the, the minister walked up to the podium, and I recognized the guy. The guy was actually lived down the street from me, and I had a lawn cutting business at the time. And he was one of my customers. I had no idea who he was. Um, so at 15, you know, so I started talking to him and I said I was really interested in it, uh, being involved in that program. And and they said he said they they had an age um, you had to be 18 in order to participate. But he made an exception for me and I was able to start hanging out with the crew and learn to do camera and direct and and went on from there. So you first got started as a cameraman volunteering and then you started overlooking everybody uh, who worked in that camera crew. Uh, how many years later was that? I guess by the time I, you know, it was, it was largely an all-volunteer crew. And, um, and so I started directing when I was 17. And, uh, and so... I continued to do that. And then uh, some of the other people involved in the crew were in the production business for a living. And uh, so they were kind enough to hire me actually on 
you know, production jobs, commercial jobs. And so I started to get that exposure from that point. So you were a pretty uh, busy young person. You also had a loan firm. Uh, what was that about? I did. Um, I, I had a, uh, I was very, I was, I've always been pretty independent and I wanted, wanted to make my own money. And so legally I was not really able to work somewhere else. So I started my own lawn cutting business and started doing that. Um, and then when I turned uh, 16, I started a, a pickup and delivery car waxing washing and waxing business. So uh, we'd pick up someone's car from their house, bring it back to my house. We would detail it. And and then eventually I had a few people working for me and, um, and I would do that. And then I actually got a job at a restaurant, um, which my parents did not want me to do. And um, I got busted by um, a friend of my parents that showed up at the restaurant and saw me working. So I ended up not there very long. What was the reason your parents didn't want you to work there? Well, I was very active in school. I was, uh, the school, you know, had a media, uh, group. And so I chaired that group and I was also the chairman of our school newspaper and I was involved in, on the soccer team and all these other activities. And my parents really wanted me to enjoy being a teenager and not worrying about working at that point. They said there would be plenty of time for that down the road. Um, so they were fine with my car waxing business and my lawn cutting business, but they, they really didn't want me working somewhere else at that point. Like your typical, get your education now, do your business stuff, uh, and your personal stuff later, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, enjoy all the parts of, uh, you know, being in high school and, you know, academics and, uh, extracurricular activities. Todd, I'm sure you are really grateful to your parents now because you got your education and you're doing what you love today. So everything worked out perfectly. Todd, tell me about the motivational speaking. Uh, when I was looking you up, uh, I came across this, uh, article which stated that you've done some motivational speaking. <laughs> Yeah, well, the motiva- motivational speaking was sort of accidental. It was uh, more um, being exploited as a young person who uh, was doing fairly well with the, this insurance company that I worked for right out of school. Um, and since I was one of the youngest people, you know, it was with Transamerica, which is a global financial services company. And um I was there for five years and I was, I guess after about the second year, I was in the top 5% of the sales force. And so one of the perks of that is um, you go to these wonderful conventions and, um, and so they always have motivational speakers at that and they would have me speak because of my age and accomplishments at the time. So they thought that would motivate the other people. So that kind of went from that point. That is uh, really impressive to be in the top 5% in the sales team. And I know how competitive sales teams can be. Todd, did you ever think that maybe sales is something that you should go into or did that ever cross your mind? Well, you know, uh, a normal person might have thought about, thought of it that way, but, um, you know, I like to be busy. And one of the great things about the, um, you know, that business is once you start to build a client base, you know, you know, that you keep getting paid for that client base 
for pretty much as long as they continue to pay for the insurance policies. So you kind of build up your, your revenue, your base revenue. You know, you start off with you, you know, you eat what you kill. So was it 100% commission based income? Oh, it was 100% commission based, right. And so you sink or, or swim. And so luckily I did swim, but and each year it gets a little easier and that, you know, your your base becomes much larger. And um, I was very comfortable and in, in doing really well with that and not feeling uh, after about four years, I was really not feeling challenged. Um, and I had a lot of time. So I also, you know, invested in real estate with my best friend, and um, and we did that, uh, which was great. And so I had the real estate business on the side where we'd buy and sell buildings, and we would, and we had rental property. And then, um, you know, I had this opportunity with someone that I worked on. The I still did the volunteer work at the church for, on the television program, and. Someone on that program wanted to it was part of a production company that wasn't real happy with the partner situation, wanted to go out on his own, didn't know how to do it and asked me to help. And that's that was the point at which, you know, I thought I'm going to do that. And so I, I helped him put the money together, the investors, the business plan, all of that. And planned to, you know, keep an ownership position in it, but didn't plan to do it full time. But the investors, the money people said at the end that if you don't, um, you know, if if you're not going to come in and run it, then we don't really want to put up the money. The the person I was doing this for um, was really great creatively and technically, but he didn't have a business background. And so they really believed in him, but they believed that they needed somebody that really understood how to run a business. So I ended up doing it. And that's uh, how that transition happened. I couldn't do both. It, you know, it was all con- time consuming. And um, so I transitioned out of one into the other. So tell me, how did it turn out in the end? Well, it worked out great. We, um, you know, we, it was a startup from scratch. Uh, it was just him and I, and um, and then we started hiring other people. And by the end of the first year, we bought our largest competitor in that market and uh, had a great opportunity to do a great acquisition. That was the first time I had ever done an acquisition before, and, and it worked out really well. Um, so then after about two years, um, you know, I was – I kind of liked the acquisition bit and um, and I wanted to do more and grow beyond the Richmond, Virginia market where I grew up in Richmond. Um, and but the, our directors were really happy with the cash flow from the business and they were all of retirement age. So they weren't really interested in continuing to roll the dice, if you will. They wanted to they saw the business as a great annuity. And, you know, I understand that, but that was not really what I wanted to do. And so I was offered a great position in Washington, D.C. with a entrepreneur who really wanted to grow his business from, um, you know, they had about 20 employees and he wanted to grow and build a national network. So I left, uh, sold my interests in the company in Richmond and, and took the position um, in Washington. And that was in 1990. So I've been here ever since. 
So let's transition from that time and let's uh, skip ahead a bit uh, to broadcast management group. And that's something uh, you're really known for. You started company in 2005. Uh, anyone who's listening who hasn't heard about the company, it's a production management company. And uh, you guys have done the work with pretty much every major brand out there. Yeah, we we have. Um, you know, we... In that time between when I came up to Washington and and when I started in 1990, and then when I between the time I uh, came up here in 1990 and I started BMG in 2005, I worked for three production companies which I ran um, and uh, was able to grow them dramatically. And they were, um, production companies, brick and mortar facilities where you would come in and, um, you would, uh, bring in your equipment or you would use our equipment and you kind of use the services by, uh, by the hour. And I felt that, uh, I really enjoyed the business, but I felt that you had to be, a, uh, your services, no matter how good your services were, you had to be where they wanted to do the television show. You know, you couldn't move your brick and mortar operation to where uh, to another location. You're fixed, sort of like a hotel. And so the concept behind BMG was to have the flexibility of doing the projects wherever the client needed to do the project and not be tied down by brick and mortar uh, equipment and buildings and that type of thing. So. Uh, that was the concept and to specialize in live production because that has always been that's what really I started in live production and and I um, had worked in every aspect of the television and film business, but really realized what I like and have a passion for is live uh, production. And so that's what BMG has always been from the beginning is producing you know initially it was producing live television shows and events and series in uh, news, sports, and entertainment. But in the last few years, uh, our client base has expanded from uh, broadcasting cable networks to all of these digital media platforms, like some of the ones you mentioned, Buzz, Mashable, Twitter, um, you know, these companies that are now becoming a very major player in production. And fortunately, they're clients of ours. So, Broadcast Management Group, your company, is a full-service television production company. What kind of services do you offer? Well, our, our business has kind of uh, developed into two, um, two divisions. One is producing live events, and the other is uh, consulting with media companies, with design, build, and technical facilities, uh, strategy, evaluation, um, uh, evaluation of their operations and how to make them more efficient. And that business has really taken off. It's not something we've been particularly focused on growing, but it's been growing on their, on our, on its own. And, um, and that has gone, you know, very well. And we're actually enjoying it. We have a very diverse, you know, group of client base on the, uh, consulting side from the U.S. State Department, who has a major broadcast operation, to um, TD Ameritrade, where we're building a, uh, a digital network for them, um, to a, a long list of clients. And then the, the live production, we just did uh, a live, uh, just under five-hour Oscar show um, for IMDb, 
um, that was uh, seen by millions of people, um, you know, purely on a digital platform on Twitch and Twitter. Um, and so I would say right now, um, the helping digital properties get into producing live content and understanding, you know, the differences between broadcasts and digital, you know, the pros and cons of each and how to produce content effectively in that medium. For a second, Todd, I want to talk about focusing and the importance of it. There are a lot of companies out there who are kind of jacks of all trades. Uh, they offer everything. Let's say there's a web design company and they can design you a logo. They can do your social media. They can do anything you want as long as you pay them. And I'm not a big fan of that. Instead, I think every single company out there should focus on one or two things and do that really well. Well, you know, it's very tempting. I think in whatever business you're in, um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, um, you understand the ups and downs of business. You could have, you know, tons of work today and then it can all go away tomorrow. It's very unpredictable. And, um, you know, that unpredictability uh, is something that I think that, you know, drives entrepreneurs. You know, they, they like that in some ways. And I would say lots of times I don't like that. <laughs> you know, I would like, you know, on the slow times, I don't like that. Um but, you know, you like the adrenaline of just, you know, you walk into the office one day and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, what opportunity is going to fall in your plate? And as an entrepreneur, you can just go after it, go for it. And I think that, you know, that's, um, you know, something that is uh, really advantageous. I think a lot of business owners who are just starting off or uh, have just few clients can resonate with that. Uh, one night you might have three or four clients and uh, next morning you might lose them all. So it's it's quite scary to uh, to be in business like that because you don't know where and when is the money coming in. Todd, when you look back, did you ever have that, uh, that same thing happen to you where you, you would lose few clients overnight? Well, I would say that... Um it is um, when the economy shifts, and it does, you know, in my business career, we've had, I think, three recessions, <clears throat> and the last one being, you know, the, the worst recession since the Great Depression, and that was a really difficult time. And it wasn't that we lost clients, it was that people weren't doing anything and uh, they were cutting back and so it was just nothing happening and it seemed to go on forever. You know, right now, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but there's so much going on, there's so much opportunity and I, I think I get, you know, one of the things you asked about, you know, specializing, um, I think as an entrepreneur, you know, and if you've been doing it for a while, you're very tempted to take on any job, any project, anyone that's going to pay you money, um, you know, you're going to do because you have to pay the bills. But, you know, that is uh, and I completely understand that. And I've been at that point before. But for the last several years, I've been very, very focused on taking the right types of projects and not every project. Now, that might be in some ways some people might listening might think, well, that's a luxury you have. I don't have that. And I get that also. But I think when you take a project that's not a good fit, it tends to be really time consuming. It often may not end up well for anyone. 
And even if it ends up well, it's taking you away from your core competence and expertise. And, um, and so we just really are very focused on, on our core expertise. And I think that's worked out well, and it's working out really well right now. When you're just starting off, you don't have that luxury to turn down the clients. And you shouldn't. You need to feed yourself and your family. But later on, if your business grows, things will change. I promise. You can pick your clients and you'll work with people you want to work with. Todd, I want to talk about growth. Your company has worked with uh, some of the most amazing brands and companies in the whole world. Amazon, Twitter, Yahoo, and so many others. Tell me how did you do that? I know it's a, we could talk about it for hours, but if you could sum up some of the key aspects. Um, you know, reputation is everything. And, um, you know, I, I have uh, I have a business partner. Um, we've been uh, we've worked together for nine years now. Um, we've been official business partners for four four years now, I think. And um, I have had a business partner once before. And, you know, choosing a business partner is very much like choosing a spouse. Um, you know, it's very, uh, you know, very challenging relationships, you know, are challenging, but when you work really close together, um, you know, the business partner, you know, it's really important that you stay in sync and it's, it's difficult. So sometimes two good people, two or more really great people that are really talented can be horrible business partners, just in the way of people that are married, you know, it doesn't work doesn't mean that one's not good or, or one's bad. Um, it's just that compatibility, you know, isn't always there. And so I, I've had it both ways. You know, I've had it when it, it, I've had a partner before and it wasn't a good fit. And I'm very fortunate now to have a business partner that is really amazing and that we're really in sync and we really complement each other. And I think that's helped, you know, the business a lot. Um, and so we look at things from a different perspective, but we have the same goals and we work very much the, the same way, but in complementary ways too. There's certainly strengths that each of us have that benefit the others that ultimately benefits our clients. And I think, um, one of the things if you're, a, if it's a single owner company, you know, our company is broadcast management group and that name is. Uh, it, it's uh, important that it's not, you know, Mason and Ryback, my partner's last name, Ryback, um, because the company is more than the two of us. You know, it's team that we put together. And I think when you work with big brands, like you said, we've been very fortunate to work to work with very large organizations. Um, you know, large organizations look at things differently. Um, than a smaller organization. There are more people to look at some of the details like legal risk and exposure or what happened if something, you know, if Todd gets hit by a bus, you know, I'm investing millions of dollars in a production, you know, is it going to go to hell in the handbasket or is it going to, I mean, I'm sorry, Todd got hit by the bus, but we still have a show to go on. And that's what I think, you know, as our business has grown is we really offer you know, that to our clients that we have a team that works really well and sync together. It's not all Todd Mason or Andrew Ryback, but it's, you know, our team and us together are, are, are uh, bring a lot to the project. Our clients often refer to us as the glue that pulls it all together and holds it together. And uh, I take that as a huge compliment. 
as a solo entrepreneur and a lot of people listening, uh, we have never thought about having a partner. Uh, when you started off uh, the company, uh, did you know for a fact that you want to work with someone else or how did that come along? Uh, well, with BMG, you know, uh, I knew I would never want another partner again. <laughs> so, so it's really funny. You know, I do I do subscribe to the philosophy to never say never. But I have to admit, I do say never sometimes. And um, but in my heart, I know never say never because, you know, situations change and you can't foresee. And, um, you know, I would I you know, when if you have a bad partnership, business partnership, um, you know, it, it's not something you get over quickly. And you're like, you don't want to take that risk for it to happen again. So I, no, I did not go into the plan of having a business partner. It just uh, happened. At this point in the conversation, Todd, I really want to understand why and how you became successful. So could you walk me through your average day and uh, tell me about the routines, habits and behaviors you pursue day in and day out? Well, I, I don't... Um... I wish I had, uh, you know, knew the magic formula or if there was a magic formula. Um, but I would say that, you know, I'm very uh, driven and focused at everything I do in life, you know, and work obviously is a huge part of anyone's life, whether you're successful or not. It's, a, you know, it, it's just a big part of your life. And um, but you know, wherever it is and uh, I'm doing, whatever it is I'm doing, I, I have the equal level of passion. So uh, I'm married. I have two children. Uh, you know, my daughter is 12. My son is going to be 15 um, in uh, in April. And so, you know, we have a very close and incredibly active family. Um, it makes it challenging because I travel a lot. Um, I'm on the road quite a bit because our projects are really anywhere in the world. Um, so, um, you know, I've been projects in Pakistan for an extended period of time. Uh, I live in D.C., but I'm in New York every week. I just got back from L.A. We're in L.A. all the time. Um, so trying to balance all of that, you know, but I get I get up early. I, I uh when I'm in town, I get home uh, by a decent time. I'm usually home by 6.30 or 7 when I'm in town, and uh, so I can spend time uh, with my family. And then I uh, go to the gym late at night uh, when I'm in town and, um, you know, try to stay in shape. I think that, you know, helps your mind and as well as your body. And, uh, and that's my routine. And when I'm in when I'm traveling, you know, it's, uh, I've been trying to get better habits of working out every morning or every night, even on the road, um, and, uh, to keep that habit going and thank goodness for technology. Now I can, you know, Skype or FaceTime with my family while I'm on the road. And we do that pretty routinely. I know that a lot of entrepreneurs are on the road a lot, so they don't see their families and friends. And second of all, it's really hard to keep and maintain good habits. Uh, Todd, how do you keep up with your personal habits? In New York, where I'm at every week, we have uh, an arrangement with a hotel there that we stay at at the time. And it's a little easier to get into a routine. When I'm in New York, you know, I work out at the same gym there and, 
you know, it's a home away from, it's a, it's another home really. Um, but when I go into other markets where I'm not there all the time and I don't really know that gym and what equipment it has, you know, it's harder to get mo- motivated, but it is, um, important to get those mental breaks, you know, at a time with your family time running, I run a lot, um, you know, whatever, it, whatever it is that, um, get you uh, get you away from it and the other thing i am i do you know take a vacation every year um i do find that um and i always feel guilty about doing it and of course it really costs me money because you know when i'm not working i'm not generating revenue so um but it does give you a mental break um and it really some of my best ideas come when if I go somewhere for a long weekend or I go somewhere for a week and have time to get out of the day to day part, um, I can come up with some, some of the best ideas have come when I'm on like a short break. Todd, I agree completely. So if anyone in the audience feels stuck, I highly recommend meditation start with just one or two minutes a day, maybe even five minutes a day, and it will make a big difference. If you're not a meditating type, you can always go for a run or find something that will ease your mind. Todd, it's been a pleasure having you in the show. If you could leave our audience with just one final takeaway, one final thought, what would that be? Well, I, I said this to my business partner um, yesterday, flying back from LA, and uh, you know, we were we had this huge Oscar show that we did and it was very complicated, very challenging. And fortunately it was very successful, but I was thinking in the middle of it as we're just really, um, working as hard and fast as we can to pull this very complex, large production off. And, um, I thought, how lucky am I to be doing something that I really love and really have passion for just uh, is so inspiring the people that we work with the the results and the way we get to you know that our our creative and technical product is aired between millions of people you know to you know it's an old saying but you know to do you know uh work is not work if it's something that you really love and have a passion for and i'm just really grateful that i was you know drawn to something that really is that for me it's not a job it's it's so much more than that let's end on that note Todd Mason thank you so much for coming in thank you so much thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded for killer resources and free content go to entrepreneurdecoded.com